Good morning. Did you hear Buenos dias. Are y'all out there? How you doing? I'm, I'm seeing you, but uh, that's about it. It's good to see you this morning as we celebrate the one who is worthy. The one who alone can hold us because he saved us. And this is one of my favorite things that we do as a church. To come together and celebrate exactly what God has done in Fairburn. Because we, though many, are one in Christ. So if you have your Bible, let me ask you to turn to the book of 1 John. If you need to use a tablet or a smartphone, that is perfectly fine as well. Or there is a pew-back Bible right there in front of you. And we're going to start in chapter 2, looking at verse 28 through chapter 3, verse 3. I will read in English and then Pastor Darius will read in Spanish. Now little children abide in him so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who also practices righteousness is born of him. See how great of a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet that what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Y ahora, hijitos, permaneced en él para que cuando se manifieste, tengamos confianza para que en su venida nos alejemos de la avergonzados. Si sabéis que él es justo, sabed también que todo el que hace la justicia es nacido de él. Mirad cuán amor nos ha dado el Padre para que seamos llamados hijos de Dios. Por esto el mundo nos conoce, porque no le conoció a Él. Amados, ahora somos hijos de Dios y aún no se ha manifestado lo que hemos de ser, pero sabemos que cuando Él se manifieste seremos semejante a Él, porque le veremos tal como Él es. Y todo aquel que tiene esta esperanza en Él se purifica a sí mismo, así como Él es puro. Let's pray together. Vamos a Lord, this is your word, and we are your people. And in Christ Jesus, you have given us a new heart where you dwell. So Lord, as we look at scripture this morning, we ask that your spirit would fill us. Señor, mientras que miramos tu palabra... 
Nuestra oración es que tu Espíritu nos llene. That your word would instruct us. Que tu palabra nos instruya. And that your joy would erupt from here. Y que tu gozo pueda salir de ese lugar. And Lord God, we ask you this morning. Señor, te pedimos en esta mañana. That anyone who has come today that is not with Christ. Te pedimos si hay alguien aquí en este día que no está en camino contigo. That your word by the power of your spirit would draw them and convict them that they might receive you. Que tu palabra y tu espíritu lo pueda convencer que puedan buscar más de ti. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Y esto lo pedimos en tu nombre. Amen. Amen. All right, now Darius, if I get going too fast, just cry to chop me in the throat. I will. <laughs> so if you look around, you start seeing evidence of God's move among the nations. Si usted mira alrededor, va a poder ver la manifestación de Dios alrededor de todas las naciones. And the beautiful thing about the picture you might see represented within our sanctuary is that we are all of one family. We're the family of God. And our, our topic this morning and our passage is going to help us look and see what it means to truly be a child of God. Y el lema de esta mañana y estos pasajes nos va a enseñar que de verdad que es lo que es ser parte de la familia de Dios. Just a couple of years ago, we had a picture of our daughter, Addison. She was about three years old and had her hair pulled up in a towel on top of her head. Hace unos años atrás, Addison tenía tres años y tenemos una foto de ella con una toalla montada sobre su cabeza. And what stood out to us more than anything was that with her hair pulled up, she looked exactly like her older brother. As a matter of fact, just a couple of days ago, she was describing something to me and all of her mannerisms were that of her older brother. And in the last few days, as we have been with family for uh, a funeral for Christie's grandmother, we've been able to see the imprint of family on our children and the way that they behave. Y es impresionante como pudimos ver en la familia las huellas de cada uno de ellos de la manera que se estaban comportando. And I have finally figured out where my children's rambunctious behavior comes from. Y pude reconocer de dónde uh, mis hijos, de la manera que se comporta, de dónde vino. <laughs> As my son points at me. Y mi hijo me está apuntando hacia mí. But what does it mean to be part of God's family are all of us truly God's children what does the scripture say about our relationship to him and first John I believe answers that question with solidarity because the fullness of God's love is expressed in his call on us as his children. 
La plenitud del amor de Dios se expresa en su llamado a nosotros como sus hijos. That's the first slide. There we go. The, the fullness of his love is shown in that he would call us his child. La plenitud del amor de Dios expresa su llamado a través de su amor a nosotros como sus hijos. Notice what John says in chapter 3, verse 1. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God, and such we are. Mira cuán amor nos ha dado el Padre para que seamos llamados hijos de Dios y nuestra seguridad que sí lo somos. This is the beautiful idea of fellowship. And as John has been writing to us, he's brought this idea of what it truly means to have fellowship with God the Father. It's a little bit more than a secret handshake. It's something far more beautiful than a national flag. It is even deeper than the stained glass window of the church. It's a bond as family. A, a, a true and deep bond together. What John says here is that it is the love of God that compels the call on us as children. Do you love anybody as much as you love your children or the same way that you love your children? We, we elevate the marriage relationship, the husband and the wife. And we rightfully establish that as primary in the human realm. But let's be real for a minute. Don't you do things for your kids that you wouldn't do for anybody else? Spouse included. I mean, let's just think. It's 6.30 on Saturday morning. Ladies, if your husband rolls over and grabs hold of you with a big bear hug, what are you going to do? But let one of your children run in and jump on the bed. It's a little more gentle, right? To your husband, get off of me. To the child, oh, sweetie, let's get you back to bed. It's early. It's not that you love your spouse less, but there is a different kind of relationship and love towards that child. Because 
but God, Pero Dios, being rich in, in his mercy and infinite grace, rico en su, uh, gracia, would take the only one who was his child aquel que era su único hijo, and willingly put him to death for us. Because he wanted us as his children. But there's something else about this childhood that we've got to understand this morning. But it's not my words. These are from scripture. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. What John is communicating to us is that as a child of God, there is a necessary separation from the world around us. The world rejected Christ. Este mundo, uh, a And as the child of God, it should reject us. This is why I'm not surprised when politics go one way or the other. This is why I'm not surprised when headlines read of, of, of pressure against churches and against Christians. We are the people of God. And if we are recognizable by the world, then there is something wrong. They should, in a very real way, recognize that we are different. But that difference should not be something that they draw in. We have one family. A new family. A better family. A family that will take all of the nations that we represent and more and say, you are my people, my children, and the world does not get that. Somos una familia a través del mundo entero y el mundo no entiende que somos una familia aunque somos de diferentes países. See, the world wants to classify you by where you grew up, who your parents were, what nation you are, what language you speak. El mundo quiere reconocerte por qué idiomas habla, qué país naciste, qué cultura eres. But you're in a new family now. You're in a family where there is but one father and there is but one nation and there is but one true meaning and that is Christ. Paul says it this way, to the Jew I became a Jew, to the Gentile I became a Gentile, and all things I became all things to all people that I might by some means win some. Pablo dice bien claro, para los judíos me hago judíos, para los gentiles, para los gentiles, pero me voy a convertir para que todos podamos llegar a ser uno. Because God sees his children as equal. Porque Dios ve a sus hijos todos iguales. But that makes me ask another question. Pero eso me hace hacer otra pregunta. What are the characteristics of God's children? ¿Qué caracteriza a los hijos de Dios? 
Because it is clear from Scripture es claro en la that not everyone in the world is a child of God. Yes, it is true that all roads will lead to the throne of God. But it is only through Christ Jesus that we know him as Father. Other roads will lead to him as judge. So how do we characterize his children if we're, he is our father? I'm glad you asked. Verse 28 in John, 1 John 2. Little children abide in him so that when he, he appears we may have confidence and not shriek away from him in shame. I believe that one of the greatest characteristics of the children of God is a confident expectation. Notice that John is drawing in the idea that Jesus is coming back. I don't know when it is. He didn't put a tracking app on his GPS to let us know when he would get there. He didn't, he didn't RSVP to the invitation to say, you can expect me around this time. But what he did say, I'm coming back. And we wait with great expectation that he is going to appear. Because we, we believe that Jesus is true to his word. The same Jesus that died to save us is the same Jesus that is going to come back and reclaim us from this planet. But what happens if we don't have confidence? Rather, we are looking at that with fear. This morning I was in my office getting a couple of things ready for Sunday school and service. And that's a time typically that Christy is in here with the praise team rehearsing. And so with three children under the age of eight, they go with me into my office. And this never happens in Pastor Darius's office. But stuff gets colored on in my office, whether I want it to or not. Everything gets colored on. And this morning it happened to be by the youngest, the two-year-old. And when my middle child, who likes to let us know what 
everyone else is doing. Brought this to my attention, I only had to call out his name. And I got this look. There was fear. I've done something that I should not have done, and now the authority that can punish is on the scene. What am I going to do? And John is writing here about Christ Jesus returning with the idea that you and I should live with the expectation that it could happen now. Lest he catch us coloring where we ought not color. And I hope you understand that by color I do mean something more strong. See, John's call here for us to abide in Christ is a call to this expectation with joy so that we won't have to be afraid. And as a child of God, that should be natural for us to be right with Christ, right where in the word of God, right walking with him so that we would not be caught off guard. Y ese debe ser nuestro comportamiento, sabiendo que somos hijos de Dios, que debemos estar comportándonos y no tener que vivir en ese temor que si no van a coger. So we, our first view of Jesus isn't like this. Para que nuestra vista de Jesús no sea siempre actuando en temor. But like this. Si no de esa forma, esperando. Ready for the King of Kings. Listo para el Rey de Reyes. A confident expectation. Una expectación he also shows us that a child of God is one who is characterized by living in righteousness. He says this in verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who also practices righteousness is born of him. There is no righteousness outside of Christ. There are good things. There are nice gestures. There are friendly people. But there's no righteousness. Righteousness carries the idea of complete and total moral perfection. Nothing in the heart that would shadow that. Nothing in the action that would taint that. No motivation that would undermine that. Only a pure desire for what is right. The one who is able to practice righteousness 
has it in their God-given, reborn DNA. El que puede de verdad practicar, vivir en justicia, está en nuestro DNA, en nuestras vidas. Because we have been born from above. I don't know how much human behavior is actually dictated by DNA. I'm not a scientist. I took biology and I took anatomy and physiology, but not to that degree. But how many times have you heard someone say, boy, you're just like your daddy? Girl, you act just like your mama. If you could have only known my grandmother, you would have known exactly why you do what you do. See, there are some family traits that get passed down through behavior that we don't actually have a reason for other than that's just in the family line. So it is with the practice of righteousness. I don't really care what you did last week. Because in Christ Jesus, you have the opportunity to act in accordance with who you are in him. It stems from the heart. And when your heart is made righteous by Christ Jesus, you are given an opportunity as a child of God to demonstrate that to the world. Y a través de, de, de ser hijo de Dios, Él nos da la oportunidad que debemos de, de, de comprobar o de vivir la justicia a través de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. As John says, the one who practices righteousness is born of Him. El que practica la justicia es nacido de Él. The third question, or the third characteristic we find, is the promise of new life. Notice he says in verse 2. Beloved, we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him. Does your body ever hurt? Do you ever lose sleep over a little indigestion? Something's not right with the stomach? Anybody ever, anybody have to take medicine every day for an ongoing problem? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? I mean, that's just the world where we live, right? They say that there are only two things that are certain, death and taxes. But so is traffic, so is heartache, so is strife, so is a failing body. Pero 
And John says, this life where we live is not all there is. The new heart you were given to allow you to practice righteousness is just the first step to how God will fully make you new. Because what God is interested in doing in your life is showing, how, showing you how you live now in light of what's to come. What if we look at the gospel wrong? What if we have limited the gospel to merely entrance into heaven? When the purpose of the gospel is to show you how to live in light of heaven to come. And John says it this way. Who God has made you in the heavens is not who you are right now, but one day you will be. So live in the promise of that life. Because it's greater than the life that this world has to offer. Where everything breaks. Where everything frustrates. Where your very body will fail you. But his promise of new life never will. Which brings us to the fourth characteristic. And that is simply purity. He says in verse 3, Everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. God says to the people of Israel, Be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2 that you are a holy nation. That is proof that the New Testament is not about America. Nor is it about any other country on this planet. It is about something bigger. It is about something greater. It is about something that reflects the unadulterated purity of our holy and magnificent God. And John tells us in verse 3. That this purity is attained by fixing your hope on Christ. Your hope is on Christ and nothing else. Your hope is on what he has done and what he will give and what he has promised. Because he is pure. Because he is lovely. Because he alone is the Savior. So, 
My final question then is, what characterizes you? If these are characteristics of a child of God, would someone be able to characterize you in this way? I'm not asking you if you've been baptized. I'm not asking you if you went to Sunday school. I'm, ask, I'm not even asking you if you've ever prayed with a pastor. I'm asking you, would anybody be able to identify you by these characteristics? My fear is that we call ourselves children of God. But we're too well known by the world. By the way of the world. We're, we're not known by purity. We're not known by the promise that he has made for new life. We're not known for living in righteousness. And everything in this world drives us in fear rather than a confident expectation in what he has said. Let me just put it to you bluntly. Heart to heart here. Because I love you. Even if I don't know your name right off the top of my head, I love you. Without Christ Jesus, you are not a child of God. I do not care what someone else told you. I only want you to know what the Bible says. Because this alone is our authority for belief and practice. It's not my opinion. It's not Darius's opinion. It's the written word of God. And the beautiful thing about this gospel and this good news is it doesn't matter if you were born in a slum in another country or if you were born in the wealthiest house in America, Christ Jesus died for you. It does not matter if you entered this country because a job opportunity was provided for you or you entered this country because your parents made a mistake and there was a pregnancy. The gospel knows no status. The gospel knows no national boundary. The gospel compels us to proclaim Christ. Who died for you and rose again 
that you might know his righteousness as his child. So what characterizes you? The world or God himself? 